You're listening to a True Name Theatre production. Humane by Polly Creed. Episode 6. What do we want? Humane condition. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? Humane conditions. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? It's ten months since the protests began. I talked to my head of department and we work it out so I have Fridays off. It means I can drive Michael to and from college and can get some of the admin for the protests done. There are days when I feel like a switchboard, fielding calls from the press, residents, teachers, parents. On a good night, I managed to snatch four, five hours of solid sleep without her waking me. I'm starting to think there's something wrong. Most of the other mums I talk to have got their little ones to settle by now. And then I get this call. It's the police. They invite us all to a meeting at the community centre. Thank you for joining us here this evening. Now, I know there have been tensions running high on both sides. That's putting it mildly. But... This evening is about reconciliation, about building forward together for the future. Well, that's what we all want, isn't it? I know we've all felt the strain over the last ten months. There have been some errors made on our side. I acknowledge we could have acted quicker to stop the problem of officers removing their IDs. And covering their faces. Or stop the police crushing us, pushing our women over, breaking our ribs, arresting us. Here, here. You, you must understand, though, that the daily changes of working hours, often at short notice and repeated early starts, have made unprecedented demands on our force, especially their personal and family lives. Now, what about our personal and family lives? My baby's almost got crushed by your officers in the crowd. I am... Proud of the restraint and patience shown by my officers. Restraint? As he must be having his song. Officers were policing the demonstrations in face of, at times, considerable abuse, resistance, and physical violence. Violence? We were never violent. Look around you, mate. This is a room of old grannies and kids. If you think that's violence, you've got another thing coming to you. I I know you don't share these views, but I can assure you that there is also a lot of public support for the difficult job we have been doing. Support? What support? It was just complete lies. Manipulation. He's saying we'd been violent, had attacked the police. Everyone sort of just explodes at this point. That's not true. You're lying. This is a scandal. An absolute scandal it is. I'd ask you all, please, to lower your voices and remain civil. Remember, this is a reconciliation meeting. My brother's an inspector in the Met Police. Wait until I tell him about this. Bunch of bloody amateurs! Emotions are running high on both sides. It had been ten months, remember? Ralph stands to his feet and he's getting so angry, properly losing it, shouting back at this policeman. You have cattled us! You've had your officers taken off their ID and making offensive comments. You've manhandled old ladies outside their back gardens. You've arrested people for just protesting peacefully. We, on our side, have done everything you've asked for. 
And you dare call us violent? I'm watching him shout and I start to notice there's these little beads of sweat breaking out all over his head and his face is starting to go all red and purple and blotchy. We are not common criminals. We're taxpayers who are paying your wages. Please, Mr Rogers, please take a seat. There will be a time at the end of the meeting for you to share your views further. Please, just calm down. What do you mean, calm down? I will calm down when you start to listen to what I was saying, all right? And he's shouting and shouting. Mr Rogers, please. Jobsworth, Jobsworth, you're a sad little man. Do you get off on this little bit of power that you have? Do you? And I know he's upset, but it's too much. I want to tell him to sit down. Ralph, sit down. He's not worth it. I'm sorry, love, but he needs to hear this. Mr Rogers, please, you're making everyone feel very uncomfortable. How do you think these animals feel? I'm asking you for the final time, please be seated. You and your mates need to dig down deep and find just an ounce, a thimble of humanity. And it's like I have the thought moments before it happens. He's going to have a heart attack. It's almost not a shock when it does happen. He just sort of keels over, collapses. Right there, at the village hall. Ralph! Ralph! Ralph, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can someone call an ambulance, please? Ralph! Ralph! Wake up, Ralph! Wake up! And then everyone's shouting. I can't even remember it all. It's just these weird flashes, all jumbled up. Tell them we have a white male in his late 60s. Unconscious, suspected heart attack. He's not breathing. His body is twisted in pain. His face has gone ashen. Ralph, if you can hear me, the ambulance is on its way now. Alice and the police officers take turns doing CPR on him. They do it for so long, they're drenched in sweat as they do it. His wife, Beryl's watching the whole thing. She's screaming and crying. I have never seen anyone like that before. In total shock. So desperate. The two police officers and I keep up the CPR until the ambulance arrives. But it's obvious. It's already too late. Paramedics were called to Brightling Sea Parish Hall following an earlier incident. A 65-year-old man was treated at the scene before being taken to Colchester District General Hospital. He was pronounced dead in the early hours of Friday morning. His family and next of kin have been informed his death is not being treated as suspicious. Can you tell us any more about the circumstances of his death? We cannot comment at this time. A statement will be issued in due course. Is this linked to the animal rights protesters? Are are there any reports of violence? Some are saying this has been linked to police brutality in the town. Yes, the public deserve to know what happened in Brightlingsea. What happened in Brightlingsea? What happened in Brightlingsea?
Let us give thanks and praise for the life of our brother, Ralph Rogers, a pillar of the community, a man who died fighting for what he cared about. His wife, Beryl, will now say a few words. My husband, Ralph, was such a wonderful man. Words cannot express how much I will miss him. Not only was he a wonderful husband, but a wonderful father, grandfather, best friend, colleague, and so much more. He brought joy to all those who knew him. It has been nearly 50 years since we was first married. Ralph has been my best friend for my whole adult life. I was only 15 when we first met. I was working in a little dress shop in London Fields and he'd come and pick me up after his work. He was working out at the docks then and we'd go to the pictures. Then afterwards, we'd share a portion of chips on the bus. Born and bred in the East End, within the sound of Bobels, Ralph was a true cockney. He was a hard worker, first working at the docks, and then later as a bricklayer, and finally as a postman. He was loved by all his colleagues and neighbours, during the slum clearances, he fought for pensioners to be rehoused and redecorated all the new homes for them with his own money. He set up a scheme to help schoolgirls be safer on the streets and volunteered with a local scout troop, taking them on some marvellous trips to the seaside and even to Snowdonia in Wales. When we had each of our children, Carol, Christopher, and Jackie, he was delighted. The midwife said she'd never seen a more doting dad. Ralph was a wonderful father to them through all their ups and downs, and he was always so proud of them in all their endeavors. He was also an adoring grandfather to Gemma, Luke, Matthew and Katie. And he was so looking forward to meeting Jackie's new baby when it arrives. Ralph may be in heaven now, but I know he's looking down at us with a big smile. Ralph was my soulmate and my inspiration my rock that helped me through thick and thin. Ralph supported and loved us all and was always there to help us through life's little challenges. Goodbye, my darling Ralph. And God bless.
a lovely service, wasn't it? I can't believe they'd been married 40 years. To go like that. Honestly, that policeman should have been done for manslaughter. Poor woman. If that was Mark... Oh, well, I don't know what I'd do, to be honest. He was so full of life. And so kind. So full of character. Salt of the earth, really. And gentle. If you just looked at him now, you'd never have known what he was like when he was younger, would you? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, Beryl told me once that he used to be in the National Front when he was younger. Really hot temper. Used to get into all sorts of scrapes. What? But yeah. Back when they lived in the East End in the 70s. Apparently he was a bit of a ringleader. He even ended up in some documentary Johnny Rotten did. Why didn't you tell me that before? Well, I... I guess I thought you knew. I think most people do. They, they talked quite a lot about it. Not to me. Oh, well, I suppose maybe they didn't want to get you all riled up with your political correctness and that. Linda, they didn't want to tell me because they're racists. I'm sure Ralph and Beryl aren't racist, Alice. That was a really long time ago. He was part of the National Front. But Ralph couldn't be a racist. He was so kind. Well, clearly not. I'm sorry, but I think you're overreacting. Overreacting? I'm sure Ralph wasn't racist. He loved you, you know, everything you did for the protests. He was just, you know, very English, red-blooded. A bit patriotic. Mark's the same. What do you mean, very English? Oh, oh don't start twisting my words. I'm not twisting your words. What do you mean, very English? Am I very English too, Linda? I just mean... I mean that when he was younger, maybe he was a bit mixed up or something. Mixed up? You know what I mean. You shouldn't judge someone for what they do when they're young. Linda, he would have been in his 40s. We're not talking about a teenager. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't racist. Maybe he was just against immigration or something. Against immigration? How do you think my parents came to this country? What? I don't mean people like you. I'm sure he didn't mean people like you. People like me? What people, then? Oh, I don't know, Alice. Please, I, I don't even know anything about what Ralph thought. <gasps> well, why are you defending him, then? Because I liked him. He was our friend, Alice, and he died. We saw it happen. He died defending those animals, and all I ever saw was how gentle he was and kind. Never shouting when the animals came past, always helping me, looking after everyone, fighting for this community. I don't want to speak ill of the dead. Was he gentle and kind when he was writing racial slurs on walls? When he was at his horrible skinhead rallies? Or beating up black kids in the East End? Kids like my brother? What was he like then, Linda? Ralph wouldn't have done those things. Think about what he was like, Alice. Can you imagine him doing those things? Just like the teachers at Michael's school can't imagine any of those boys scratching things into his locker. Uh, no, of course. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to get into this, Alice. Please, let's not fight like this. You know I think the world of you and Michael. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't have a choice but to fight like this. Not when you say things like that. What have I said? I don't understand what I've said. I was just saying about Ralph. That's not my views. You know that. I don't know what I know anymore. All this stuff about immigration and people like me. What, you know me, Alice. You must know I haven't got a racist bone in my old body. I don't even notice the fact that you're black. <laughs> you don't even notice that I'm black? What's that supposed to mean? Alice, please. 
don't make this into something it's not. Well, what is it then? I don't know how to be politically correctness or any of that. Well, I just know about friendship and kindness and being honest and speaking from your heart. I was so proud of what we've been doing. All of the protests, turning back the lorries, fending off the police. It felt like the right thing. For the first time in a really long time, I felt proud of this town. I felt this sense of connection to the community, but now... Don't say that. You don't mean that, Alice. I don't get it. You were there when Michael ran away. You've seen how hard it is for us here. You said all this stuff about the community supporting me, held my hand through it all. But all that time, you knew that Ralph and Beryl had been in the National Front. No, please, I'm sorry. I can see how I've upset you. I, I should have said. And I've given you so much, Linda. All those sleepless nights, all those hours we planned together. And I babysat for you. I know, I know. You're one of my closest friends, Alice. And all this time, you've been thinking all these things? Holding back all this information from me? Lying to me? I never lied to you. Yes, you did! You know what? I can't deal with this anymore. I'm going. No, please don't walk away from me like this, Alice. Bye, Linda. Farmer Richard Culver has today announced an end to live animal exports through the Essex port of Brightlingsea. The announcement follows a 10-month campaign by protesters and residents opposed to the exports, during which 598 local people were arrested. The police operation for the protests has cost £2.3 million not previously budgeted for, with an average daily police overtime bill of £3,531. You have three new messages. To listen to your messages, press 1. For greetings, first new message. Today, 10.16am. Alice, it's me. It's Linda. Oh, I know you're still annoyed with me, but I just wanted to call to tell you the news. I've just spoken to Maria, and she says we won. We bloody went and won after all that. After all the months, the planning and the protests, we showed Richard Culver. I can't wait to see the look on his face. Anyway, yeah, call me back, OK? I want to... Message deleted. Next new message. Today at 11.32am. Hi, Alice. It's Linda. I'm sorry about the other stuff, OK? Please give me a call back when you can. I want to celebrate with you. Please, just... Message deleted. Next new message. Today at 6.42 p.m. Hiya, Alice. Give me a ring, okay? I hate fighting like this, not talking to you. Message deleted. End of messages. What's that? Oh, just the answer phone. What do you want for dinner? Wasn't that Linda? You're not going to call her back, Mum? No, not right now. You've won, haven't you? Shouldn't you be out celebrating or something? Getting wasted with the Women's Institute? No, sadly not. I've got a load of marking to do. You've got your coursework to do as well, Michael. Can't you just slack it off for one night, Mum? You've been waiting for this for almost, like, a year? 
I've got year nine parents evening tomorrow and I need to get on top of it all. But shouldn't you at least call Linda back or something? I... I just don't feel like it right now, OK? Did you two have a fight or something? Something like that. Well, all I can say is you should at least have a glass of wine or something. You actually did it. You won. I know. Doesn't feel real somehow. I know this is a bit corny to say and stuff, but I'm proud of you, Mum. That's, uh, that's really sweet of you, Michael. I'll tell you what. Why don't we get a takeaway to celebrate or something? My treat. Oh, yeah. I could go for a pizza right now. A meat feast. No, wait, a sizzling California. Actually, yeah, 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 a, a meat feast. <laughs> right, well, you get the menus and I'll call up Antonio's. time no see. Oh, hi, it's so good to see you. You look great. I love that scarf. Is that new? Thanks, yeah. It was a birthday present from Michael, actually. Oh, great colour. How is he? Oh, he's fine. Still a teenage boy, grunting and leaving his pants everywhere, but we're making progress, step by step. Oh, that's good. And yourself? Well, they're both great, thanks. Danny's walking, so I've really got my hands full now. Mark's back from his tour soon, so that is good news. And you? I mean, I'm just so happy. I can't believe we did it. I know. It's unbelievable, really. It just shows what you can do when you all pull together, doesn't it? The community. To think all those months. The arrests. The early mornings and the phone calls. But it was all worth it, wasn't it, really? I bet it was the cost that did it in the end. The police operation was so expensive and the headache it caused Richard Culver. I've already been speaking to some of the other bail people. Maria and Sue and Leslie and Tilly and even Em, that young girl from your school. And we're thinking of carrying on the group. There are still live exports going on all over the country and we've seen it happening and we know how to stop it now. We can go to the other ports and raise money for the animals and do all sorts of things. We wondered... We hoped you might join us. I'll have to think about it, Linda. I've got a lot on with school and Michael. My dad had a fall the other day as well. Uh, yeah, of course. Well, we'd completely understand if it was too much time commitment. Just let us know. You can do as little or as much as you want. Fit it in with your time commitments. OK, great. I'll let you know. I wanted to ask you... The chat we had after the funeral, I just want to say that... Linda, let's just leave it, OK? OK, yeah, that, that's fine. As long as you're all right about it, I really am sorry, you know. Water under the bridge, honestly. By the way, have I told you about what Bev said about the new house? I actually couldn't believe this, right? We went over to have a look at it the other day. We chat for an hour longer... But the whole time, I feel myself glazing over, like I'm just going through the motions. It's like this void has opened up between us and suddenly I'm noticing all the little things she says, the assumptions, the contradictions. At the end, we get up to leave and as we part ways, we hug. 
And when she's hugging me, she sort of holds on to me like she's breathing me in, like she's trying to inhale something from me. I can't wait to pull away. I watch her walk away up the hill, pushing her pram, shopping bags clanging. Halfway up the hill, she turns around a bit and gives me this sad little wave. And we both just sort of look at each other. And I know in that moment that I'm never going to see her again. That I've got to move away, get away from all of this. December 1996. I take Lewis's dinner out of the microwave. The winter sun is low in the sky, turning the kitchen and the kids' faces golden. They sit at the little table in their white PJs. Danny's in her high chair, chubby fingers wrestling with a banana on the laminated tablecloth. I sit in my garden, hands pouring at my mug in the cold. I'm drinking coffee, bought on holiday. Doesn't taste the same now I've got it back home. Never does, does it? Away from the sunshine and blue sea. I bury my face in Lewis's soft tuft of hair, stroking his cheek with my fingertips. I always think they smell wonderful when they're ready for bed, clean and soft, all bubble bath and pheromones. I didn't move far in the end, only to Colchester. But it feels like another world. I feel more comfortable here. My garden is small, but right at the end there's a bit of the old Roman wall, red and grey, crumbling. Pieces of ancient brick standing there after all this time, patched through the generations. Outside, a gull dips across the sun. A schoolgirl walks lazily along the curb, rucksack hanging almost at her hip. A tree casts long shadows across the front lawn. The shadows dance as the wind blows through the branches. I built a little bird table next to it. I could watch them all day. Great tits, blue tits, occasionally a woodpecker if you're lucky. They flit around, a thousand tiny movements in the blink of an eye. A tiny community of their own. You see the bigger ones monopolising it, pushing the little ones out, but then they rush in the moment they leave, picking up the seeds the bigger ones can't get to. I love that. Robin hops along the wall, its head tilts like it's asking a question. Everything is quiet, still, golden. The protests lasted for 10 months, there were 174 convoys over this time, consisting of 783 lorries. The police operation cost £2.3 million. 598 local people were arrested. The eldest person arrested was a great-grandmother. The youngest arrested were still at school. Live animal exports still continue in the UK. Although not in Brightlingsea. been listening to Humane by Polly Creed. Alice was played by Marsha Leckie, Linda Francesca Isherwood, Bev Louise Jameson, 
Michael, Esmond Cole, Beryl, Margaret Ashley, M, Rose Reed, Mark, Luke Barton, Ralph, Graham Seed. Other parts were played by members of the cast. Sound design by David Rucroft. Music by Ting Ying Dong. Director, Imogen Wyatt Corner. Producer, John Ainsworth. This audio production of Humane is dedicated to the memory of Betty Blower.